everyone. Welcome to the Culture of Truth. This is a podcast that reviews the truth of God's word and discusses the influence it has in our lives and worldview. My name is Jeff Amstutz, and today I've got with me my friend, Will Hawkins. Hey, hey. We study scripture to understand what it says, grow our understanding of God through it, and ultimately change the way we live our lives in obedience. In this episode, we are back in systematic theology to discuss God's communicable attribute of his truthfulness. But before we dive into our discussion, let's check in. Will, how has God been working in your life since last episode? Yeah, so Jeff, as you know, our church is going through a series called God and Money. Mm-hmm. And it's so far, it's the second week that that's, this past Sunday was the second week. Uh, yeah, but it's Alem been, really brought it on it is. I, I turned to my neighbor and I was like, that was fire. Mm, we're just all nodding but uh it's just stuck with me uh there's there's many many highlights in that sermon i don't i won't get into it here but yeah i think it it's just really good timing because i think starting out this year i was writing out some goals thinking about what i wanted the intentions for the year and that that topic was one of the the high high points on the list or high topics of the list was money uh, my relation to it, how how much emphasis I put it, where does it rank on my list of like, um, I guess of importance, things like that. Like, where is my heart with that compared in relation to God? So, um, yeah, I think he's been moving a lot in me to be more obedient with the finances, with the provisions that he's given me. Um, one of those things is tithing. So I, I made, me and my wife have made the commitment this year to tithe. Whereas before we hadn't be, just because paying paying student loans and debt and putting Taylor through school, all this stuff, um, we're in a position where we can do that while still paying off the final bit of our student loans. So Heck yeah, man, uh, it feels it feels awesome. I feel joy in being able to give, um, and I think that's it's just really sweet to see where my heart's at compared to before. It, it's not a chore. It's literally like I want to do this, and yeah. I'm trying to find a way to do it. Um, it's an act of worship. So and it feels that way. It feels worshipful. It's, yeah. It's really great. So and that's, that's, that's where I'm at. That's the heart posture that God wants you to have. Yeah. If it's out of duty and you're begrudging and it's not you being a cheerful giver. Paul straight up is like, God loves a cheerful giver in Second Corinthians. Mm. I want to do a pot, like some kind of episode on, on money or God yeah. and money at some yeah. point. Cause uh, yeah, it's good. As we know, it's a very important topic. Yeah. It's all over the Bible, but uh, we'll have to save that for another time. Yes. But for now, what about you? <laughs> Man, for me, uh, it's funny, in our last check-in, in in, uh, last episode, I talked about how everything was, you know, firing in all cylinders, and everything was great, and then uh, some lack Mm. of sleep, and some strained moments with some friends, uh, nothing nothing catastrophic here, but it's just funny how uh, quickly things can turn from literally there's nothing I feel like is going bad in life to man. I was really tested this past weekend with mm. some, some, um, uh, so like an event we went to and, uh, and just all kinds of stuff. I'll, I'll just say that I'm very thankful that God sustains us through both the highs and the lows. And when those lows are with other people in the church, reconciliation is always around the corner. And I love that. Mm. And I and just praise the Lord that I can sit here on a Monday night being thankful for, uh, I'll say a mild amount of suffering this past weekend yeah. and it's okay. Hmm. A lot of, a lot of patience being tested, a lot of, uh, trying joy when I'm exhausted and all Dang. that stuff, but Hey, it's okay. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, man. 
All right, well, let's dive in. We're in the last of the mental attributes. We're looking at God's truthfulness. Uh, and that's something that, Will, you can run us through what the chapter says. Yeah. So Wayne Grudem in this chapter, uh, kind of the main, main points that he touches on is that uh, the God revealed in Scripture is the true or real God and that all other so-called gods are idols. Uh, two, all of God's knowledge is true and is the final standard of truth. And then lastly, God's words. So before the, la the last point was God's knowledge. So God's words are both true and the final standard of truth. So in other words, God is reliable and, and faithful in his words. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, uh, I, I think actually it's before we dive into the kind of three things, uh, how is it imparted to us? How does the doctrine impact us and possible objections? What's the, what would you say, Will, is the difference between knowledge, wisdom, and truth? Mm. Yeah, so knowledge would be just the acquiring of information, I would say. I think wisdom is how you apply that information towards towards good ends or good means. Um, and I think where truth comes in is helping to define what good is. Mm. I think truth, God's truth, truth that comes from him. If we're, if we're believing as Christians, which as a Christian, you believe that God is truth and he's the source of truth, that uh, he is good and what he says is good and he's faithful because of all the things we find in the word, which is where we find truth. Yeah. So then that helps us to understand, okay, knowledge is a good thing because then we get to learn more about him. And then we get to have a relationship with other people because of that knowledge that we share. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that great point about relationship. Mm -hmm. Us having knowledge allows for relationship um, in other, with others, but more importantly with God. And then the same thing with wisdom. Wisdom is uh, being able to apply that knowledge, um, yeah, in a way that that is right or good or leads towards good purposes. Um, the best outcomes, I guess I could say that might yeah. be better. Um, and then, yeah, truthfulness just helps us to be able to do that as well. Yeah. What is true? Where, where is that last, where is that aim going towards? Yeah, I actually, uh, I'm on board with all that. That's, that's fantastic. And I, I would actually level up truth, uh, to be even stronger, which For is sure. truth is just what is. So knowledge is us like being aware of what is. And wisdom is what would, what do we do with this information about what is, but the mm -hmm. truth just is what is. Yeah. So, uh, you can be in your own fantasy land that's departed from reality, but truth is what reality is. So God is who he says he is. Jesus mm -hmm. is who he says he is, that he's good and all of his attributes and like, and even when we talk about mm -hmm. creation and truth, like tr the truth is just what is, yeah. there's just no way around knowledge that. and wisdom get stacked on top of truth. Like truth is the foundation. It's really what of, you're doing with truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Knowledge being awareness, wisdom being what you do with it. And so that, I think that's a really great mm. foundation for Love us that. to then uh, look at this attribute being communicated or imparted to us. What would you say about that? Even though actually there was a section on it finally. Yeah. 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 What did that section say? Will? he was saying that we like how we imitate in God's truthfulness or how it's communicated to us is that we strive to have true knowledge about God and his world. Um, so him and who he is and his character and things like that, but also his creation. Um, and so then after that, it's 
speaking truthfully. So us as people, yeah, um, and especially as believers, if we believe him to be true and what his commands are and what his word says, um, part of our call to be more like him is to speak truthfully. Mm-hmm. Um, so no falsehoods in our, in our speech or our thoughts or things like that. So yeah. seeking after truth and speaking that. Um, but then also our reaction to truth and falsehood. So when we do hear that, what what's our response? Yeah. And that's actually overlapping really well with then the application side because the doctrine impacts us by what you do with your mouth and your life and everything. If it doesn't reflect what is true or just if it doesn't reflect reality, that's a problem mm-hmm. because God only operates on reality, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like if you're if you're not going to operate on what is mm-hmm. now, that, the, there, I'd think there's there's some interesting, uh, I'll say, less important discussion on like what is art and fiction and all of that, mm-hmm. where those like the idea of a metaphor is still okay because you can use a metaphor to talk about truth. Even Jesus does this with the parables. Yeah, he told all kinds of parables that probably weren't actual people like, Oh, I knew this person. And I'm going to tell you the story about this person for this purpose. Like, but the point is, is all of that is still pointing towards the reality of what is with who God is, who Jesus is and the way he wants us to live. But yeah, that, that impact I think is pretty, pretty straightforward. And that's actually what's hard. I don't know about you, but like truth. (laughs) Yeah. That little pithy phrase, truth hurts. Hmm. Because um, sin really flourishes when truth isn't present. Dang. If you you don't have knowledge or wisdom in the truth, then it's really easy to check out of reality. For you to forget that God exists, for you to forget that God actually has called you specifically, listener, you will, me, Jeff, to repent of our sin. Like that's just, that is just what is. The problem is people Hmm. would rather trade that truth for a lie. Yeah. And, and think, well, I can't deal with that truth. So I'll just think it doesn't exist. Well, that's just not what is. Yeah. I've heard it. I've heard it kind of put like this, that Satan always, uh, seeks or like puts out the counterfeit of, of God. And so if God is truth then Satan is lie, if God is love, then Satan is hatred or whatever. Um, that just, it made me think of that, but I can see how when we think of people who aren't believers or who are lost, if you will, they're, they're in that position because I think for, in a lot of cases, rejection of truth, the truth, the standard yeah. of truth. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that, that train of thought aligns with kind of what you were just talking, what you were just talking about. Yeah. It, it It's like, uh, if you have someone who, uh, maybe isn't mentally stable, and thinks that, hey, maybe I can fly if I jump off this building. Reality is literally going to hit them real real hard. <laughs> because the reality is you don't have wings and you can't fly. <laughs> and so uh, there's a certain point that we're all spiritually kind of standing on top of this building. And there are people who say that, oh, I can fly on my own. I am my own righteousness. Or some people think that like there is no drop. Like, oh, I'll just step off and it's flat ground. It's fine. But the reality is... There is no one but Jesus Christ who can save you from falling. Dang. And so if, if you step off and rely on anything except the reality of it's Jesus Christ alone that can save you, you just, you perish. 
And so like that, that, that metaphor is this concept of there is one outcome. Like if, if you do not, if you can't fly, there's one outcome when you jump off a building, you're going to hit the ground and you're going to die. And so that, that's exactly spiritually what it is with truthfulness here, that, that the gospel is true and it is up to you to decide I'm going to respond to it or just ignore it and hope for something. It's, it's like if you have a cavity in your mouth, you can't regrow teeth, so you can go get it filled or just inevitably have it turn into an infected tooth and then half that tooth has to get pulled. Like there are these just realities of yeah. that's just what happens. Yeah, and the consequences. And it's like knowledge and wisdom are what make the truth so important. Yeah. Because if the truth is wrong, how could, how could you have right knowledge? How could you possibly be wise with the wrong information? So that's why we're called to declare the glory of God in the gospel. Yeah, it's one of the points is saying strive to have true knowledge. Um, mm. Was there any, like, how would you, how do you read that and interpret that? Strive to have true knowledge about God and his world. Yeah. It just, when, when we're talking about a systematic study of the Bible, um, we're, we're relying on one thing, that God's word is true. Mm-hmm. And so, uh we, we could go all the way back to the doctrine of the word of God. We started this podcast on that. You know, that's what we plant the flag of truth in is the word of God is what it says it is. Um, that it was created by no will of man. It was created by the Holy spirit carrying along, um, men who are faithfully recording the words that God wanted us to hear about himself and the narrative he's telling. And so the, the, the truth, uh, you, you talked about like, can I rephrase your question? You want me to rephrase? Yeah. 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 Uh, when it says strive to have true knowledge about God and his, mm. and his world, what, is, what does that mean? Yeah, it means don't use your imagination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it, it, like it's, it's fun to dream and all that, but just when you're like, I need, what do I know about God? It's not going to be what you think. Your concept of God, if it is not rooted on what God says about himself and what God's word says, mm-hmm it's just not true. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it could, you could call it knowledge, mm. but it's just knowledge of, of emptiness. It's, it's nothing. So for instance, uh, I could say like, because I know we have president Biden is our, is our president and I've seen him on TV. Um, I like, that's not enough information to say, I know president Biden. I could convince myself, I mean, the, welcome to the world of America where everyone thinks they know somebody real deep by seeing them once on TV. Yeah. But it's like, there are people who think they know Biden's like issues day to day, like what he faces at the White House and deals with Congress, deals with politics, deals with his security team and de- who he is as a person and all this, whether you agree with him or not, um, platform wise, you don't know President Biden just straight up 99.9% of America does not know that man. Mm-hmm. They know of that man. Mm-hmm. And the point I'm trying to say is there are people who are convinced they know a person they don't know mm. because they say so. So the, 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 the analogy here is when just because you have dreamed up in your head who you think God is, it doesn't mean that you have any true knowledge of actual who God is. The, the phrase that keeps coming to me is this is my truth. That is the... <laughs> That is the phrase of, I mean, phrase of the 21st century. Goodness. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's a, 
there's kind of a, a redeemable part of that when the truth, when actual reality becomes something that you accept and own, you could say it's my truth. Yeah. The problem is my truth, because it's your truth, does not mean it's actually reality. Yeah. I think mo- when, and as you know, this, most people who say that are saying it saying that the truth is based on their own knowledge and wisdom and things that they've come to on their own, not necessarily mm-hmm. based on a standard that comes from the word. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing with truth is, uh, it really is as black and white as there is what God says and there's what Satan says. Mm. And there, you are just under one camp or the other. There is, there is no third option and that's, that's really hard to accept. that's difficult and that's that's where i was talking about like you know truth is difficult because it actually isn't as complicated as we like to think it is yeah sure the bible's really long because we have infinite ways of wanting to resist the truth that you were created to worship god (laughs) that you have sinned and the only way for you to reconcile with this god you were created to worship is is the death and resurrection of jesus christ that's straight up the truth and every resistance to that that giant book that's right next to me the Bible is there for me to go on my journey of my life to understand that that truth actually is true. Yeah. Yeah. Job 37, 16 says God is perfect in knowledge. And then we go, Grudem says this later in his chapter, we can say that the standard of true knowledge is conformity to God's knowledge. If we think the same thing God thinks about anything in the universe, we are thinking truthfully about it. Um, which is just interesting to me that it it ties in knowledge, right? Like the more knowledge we understand, um, and true knowledge meaning like things that are true, things that are actually real in reality, true in reality. Yeah. The more we actually understand truth or get to know truth, the closer we, the more the more close, the closer we become to know, knowing things the way God intended them to be. Right. Um, so. I think that's that's part of how he imparts that truth to us is we're able to understand or like in some minor ways uh, get knowledge, obtain knowledge, wisdom, but then that helps us to be more like him in the sense that we get to understand more more of the truth of the world. Like that's where it says like knowledge, true knowledge about God and his world. Um, so through some of those experiences that we get through the world, we gain knowledge. We're able to understand. We're able to understand more of the way that he intended things to be. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the that pursuit of truth uh, is something that we were created to do. Yeah, and so the that it's a really interesting thing to to consider truth because truth is is what your sanctification is built on finding out what in sanctification, that big word just meaning becoming more like Christ. So your salvation is when you go from being uh, a child of wrath to a child of mercy and you become someone that um, God chose to demonstrate his mercy by not, by not, uh, by not destroying you on judgment day. But that truth is what makes you more like Christ. Like Christ himself says, sanctify them in spirit and truth. Like we talked when we talked about knowledge, like I could, I can 
think I know Will by inventing a lot of things that aren't you. And I could say, I think I know you. Mm. And, and what, what happens when I have a better example? Uh, um, there was one Sunday that like Amy and I were going to go get coffee after service. And Amy told me a fact straight up. Hey, I don't want any coffee this morning because we're going to go get coffee after church. And mm-hmm. I, cause we drove separate cause she had to do production and I slept in a little bit. And, uh, and so like I go through my morning routine and I forget this truth. I forget this fact, this undeniable fact that Amy told me what she wants. And I just dreamed up in my head, Oh, I'm going to get her coffee at Starbucks and it's going to surprise her. I'm going to order it the right way with almond milk and hazelnut. And it's going to be great. I show up and what is she, what is her reaction? Uh, Didn't matter. It doesn't matter the, the, the fantasy land I was in mm. of thinking I was doing this really great thing. If I just thought about what is true, (laughs) what is true is Amy told me she didn't want it. Yeah. (laughs) The truth is what that hinged on. Was it knowledge? Was it wisdom? Was it anything? It was just, I did not, Mm. the, the truth was not in my brain when I went through that train of thought. Yeah. So with same things with God, God's like, Hey, what I delight in I'm thinking of, uh, uh, Jeremiah nine. It's like, what I delight in is that, you know, that I'm the God, uh, uh, I'm the truthful God, the one true God that you're supposed to worship forever. That's what I delight in. And so if you think I'm going to be delighted in anything else, you just aren't right. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. So there's objections though. Yeah. We talked about that. Well, we also, I know we talked about truth, but as far as like the importance of speaking truthfully, like what is the impact of that as believers? Why is that oh. something that, that we must do? Um, and I think, I think the question, the question asks like, are our words trustworthy and why is, why is it important for us to be truthful? And I think if we are image bearers, when we lie, I think it's a direct contrast to to the image that we're supposed to be yeah. replicating. Yeah. Can't reflect a God that doesn't lie by lying. Right. And and he is a God that doesn't lie. Um, and scripture says that in a lot of different ways that that he's a God that does not lie. And so yeah, as much as as much as we're physically able to, obviously, um we should we should always speak truth. Um, and I think that's where some people be like, well, there's probably ways, and that could be part of an objection as well as like, well, there's probably scenarios where it makes sense to not tell the truth or to withhold something. And it's withholding something, not being truthful when you know that it's, when you know that, you know? Yeah. That's a really interesting so, discussion, yeah. um, is, is not speaking lying. And I think there's actually plenty of cases that saying all that is true in a particular moment is not what this doctrine is talking about. This doctrine is talking about like what is truth, which is different than the wisdom of when is it right to tell someone, you know, a particular truthful statement. You want to add anything to that? No, I don't think so. What were some of the objections that you wanted to get into? Hmm. I think the, the biggest objection to truth is that, people ask, where does truth come from? And I think you had a really great list of 
ways that the Christian mm -hmm. should approach what is true and where those sources come from. Yeah. And then what do we do with that? So why don't you go ahead and give those? Yeah. So first and foremost, through the Bible, right? That's where we get truth because that is God's word. So we, we understand God and his character through his word, through the Bible. So the Bible would be first. And then um, obviously the Holy Spirit working through us through when we read that, but then also prayer, which is where we make our request to God, we confess to God, and we're able to ask him for wisdom, for insight, help us, help guide us, lead us to truth, things like that. Um, I think he affirms a lot of things that we read in scripture um, through prayer. Um, and then I think really important is Christian community because people are able to um, bring that truth to us. Yeah. So, and, and, and going back to uh, truthfulness and falsehoods and speaking that our community it's a direct way for, for truth to be spoken to us. Yeah. Because part of what's a Christian community, the difference between a Christian community and just a community is Christian community was always going to point you back to the God. Yeah. So, and his yeah. truth. That's a really important uh, aspect of that is uh, the, the community you put around you is going to affirm reality or not. <laughs> we all just go back. I keep going back to the word reality because this isn't, we're, we're, this doctrine uh, the way we understand it is the Bible is not relative. It is not stating this is a way to God. There's just, this is just it. And so the community around you is going to affirm that or not, or try to pull you into something that is not true. And it's, it's as simple as that. But uh, then, then there's really interesting discussions about like denominations and all that and what is true and doctrinal differences I found the, the more and more I live, the more and more I found that a lot of denominations disagree on things that uh, are really kind of ambiguous. And I think the far more important thing is to not think that your traditions are the same thing as truth. Mm. You see, there's, there's a difference there. So if you have, and there's, there's plenty of things we could, we could disagree on, like, um, infant baptism or something like that. <laughs> and when we don't have clear, like here's scripture that says you should not do this or you should do this. Um, there's the, there's an open handed, open handedness to say, uh, we think this is or isn't helpful is different than saying God did or did not say something authoritative exactly on this topic. Right. And so we have to be very careful what we label as truth mm. that is definitive. Um, and I think that is then where wisdom and knowledge help us yeah. because knowledge helps us understand how closed handed should we be about a particular doctrine? Like for instance, soteriology, when we talk about the nature of salvation, it's in Christ alone, straight up. Like the scriptures just says that Christ is the only way you can be saved. Hmm. Okay. So with that, mm -hmm that's a very closed handed truth, which is different than like, Hey, what's the best church hierarchy for your staff and lay people? Like we don't have a, a particular passage other, we see offices of elder and deacon, but even then, um, those are fairly, I'll say lowercase letter names for offices. So like if you want to call it pastor or something, that's fine. 
the the point being is that getting locked into my church is the only way a church should be structured. That's not a that's not a truth that scripture is prescribing pretty universally. There are, there are principles that are really deeply prescribed when we look in like First Timothy and Titus, qualifications for elders and deacons and like why do deacons exist and why do elders exist and we can read through Acts. We're all like, sure, we have that. But if you're like, there should be one pastor and there should be like seven deacons and it, as soon as a church goes over 400 people, it yeah. must divide. Like it's just, it gets into these really weird things that just aren't truth. Hmm. They are maybe opinions that could be wisely helpful. Yeah. But see the difference? Yeah, what I'm hearing, or at least what I think I'm hearing is when when truth may not be absolutely clear where it's, for example, God says, do not lie. Like this the commandment. Yeah. Yep. There may not be, there's not necessarily something specific that he says about a lot of the things that you just said. So yeah. when that is not present, when truth isn't act, like as obvious, mm-hmm. the standard, we use wisdom, we use knowledge and we use wisdom to make that decision based on the collective principles and, and teachings that yeah. God Provide. Yeah, we, we don't want to arrive in a place that accidentally starts disagreeing with what is explicit. Mm. So that, that's that's where things go south very fast, is when you exploit um, a ambiguity, hold it as if it is objective truth, and then start using that to pivot away from things that are explicit in Scripture. See how that can be really, yeah. that can be really tricky and really, uh, that sleight mm. of hand can be dangerous. Yeah, kind of what else, what else can be dangerous that I can, I don't know if you'd label it a, an objection, but there's many times where someone can say, and a lot of times it, someone who claims to be a follower of Jesus says, God revealed this to me. And they believe oh, yeah. that's something to be true. They go and tell others and possibly lead them towards whatever end that they felt like they were revealed. Yeah. Any thoughts on well, I just on how to approach that or like how to think about that. Right. If it is the Holy spirit, God does not lie. The Holy spirit is one of the persons of the Trinity who is fully God. So if the Holy spirit revealed something to you, the Holy spirit won't reveal the opposite thing to someone in your church community or another believer. Uh, now it could be, you have a really great opinion and a really great thought, and maybe you had a really cool imagination or this awesome metaphor for something like there are a lot of cool things that can be worshipful and, and, and wonderful to tell other people. But if you have an urge or a desire and it's really fired up in you and none of your people in your community think that that's something that's good to pursue, Mm. then maybe, maybe you should question what you think is true in terms of that revelation or that thought. Cause it really could be, this is where deception is. Deception is yeah. when you think something is true that's not. It's simple as that. But emotionally, that can be really hard to let go of. Yeah. You know, we've seen weird stories on the road with, um, with like the band. Mm-hmm. And uh, not, not ever to me, but you know, there have been people who will like take a, like a worship band and they have this really great moment. And then after the show, they'll go up to someone in the band and be like, I think God told me to date you. It's like, eh, I'm not so sure about that. Cause huh. you know, maybe I'm married <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Like there's this weird, like stuff happens it, and it's, it's really just an emotional moment with a desire that is just not thought through. So knowledge and wisdom are not being used to filter that thought out. 
and it disagrees with really, really blatant scripture that a married man or a married woman is locked until death. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like you're saying kind of the way that we can, I guess, if if we do face ourselves to be in that, we're like, man, I feel like God really showed me something. Yeah. The steps towards testing that would be first, uh, you just said two, you said pretty like two or three things. But yeah. Op- open your Bible. It's not going to disagree with scripture. Uh, and go to your church community and get confirmation that way. Yeah. And it, it, it's really difficult because sometimes when we get, have a thought like the first thing that popped in my brain, Oh, it's gotta be a message from God or whatever. Um, it could be if that same thing is, is being affirmed in the presence of scripture. So if you're if like, for instance, I'm thinking of James one, when, when we talked about this last week, if you are, if you don't know what to do with a decision, you should pray and ask God and he will graciously give you wisdom, but he's going to give you wisdom through words he already gave you. And that's his word. It could be that his words are not new given to humanity, but they're new for you because you're reading them for the first time or they're new to you because maybe you had misinterpreted a passage and now you're like, Oh, that's what that means. Oh, that changes everything. You know, it can be new for you, even though it's not new words from God, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think when I hear the term God spoke to me, or when I even feel like I say that, I think, I think it just means that in, while I'm praying, God, God showed me something that aligned with what his word says. So yeah. He's going rem- <laughs> to, he's going to, he's going to recall thing. And I know that's, I know that's somewhere in, in the word, but yeah. He will recall things. John 14 and John 10. I'm going to bring it up here real quick. That happened, that's happened to me plenty of times where I'm, there's something that's going on or I'm like, I'm in a conversation with somebody and I don't even remember the, like this, the specific scripture, but then all of a sudden something comes to me where I'm able to actually refer to that thing that I was, that I was hoping to swap, talk about, or he just gives me something and I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I feel like he presses something on my heart that aligns with what he says in his word that I can then encourage this person with. And so in that sense, I think it's right and truthful if someone were to, or me or somebody were to say, God has shown me this, or God is leading me to tell you some X, Y, and Z. But the, the main basis of that and how I can filter that is that it aligns with what his word says. Yeah, man. That's uh, what I'm hearing you say I, as well. And I, I love using John 14 and John 16, because this is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit's going to tell you. Like, if you want Jesus to give you some broad categories about wh- what are the things I should be listening for from the Holy Spirit, he yeah. gives them to you. He says this in John 14, uh, starting in verse 25. He says, these things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Okay, so if the Holy Spirit's like, hey, remember this thing Jesus said? Hey, it's probably the Holy Spirit. Um, mm. uh, so very, really big one there. And then the next one is John 16. He again talks about the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he continues talking about it. This is Jesus. And he says, he says this, when the spirit of truth comes, okay, the Holy Spirit's the spirit of truth. That's a really great name for him. He will guide you in, into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, 
but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare the things that are to come. Okay. Here's the, here's the category. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Hmm. So what's he going to do? He's going to glorify Christ. And, and so if, if you're hearing things that are not glorifying Christ, and they're not calling to you to have to, they're not having you remember the things that Christ taught and who he was in his ministry and his ultimate sacrifice for you on the cross. You should probably be a little suspicious of that revelation. That suspicious means investigate, you know, go ask your community, open your Bible, see what else it says what relevant to what you think you heard. But if it's not like if increasing your affection for Christ in the death and resurrection of his, of, of him, dying on the cross for you, you should probably be a little cautious. Mm. And I think there's a, yeah. I just want to add to this. I think there's a, a root of pride in there and why there are some folks and maybe sometimes it's even me who really want this special revelation mm. because it's like the ultimate trump card because you're like, I have a desire. If I say God told it to me, nope. No one can refute me, even if it's false. And that's what's really scary is less that you can do that and more so that you won't be willing to actually hear the truth because you've already closed your ears off to it. Mm-hmm. And so when, when Christ says, you know, you should have open ears to the gospel, um, have eyes to see and ears to hear uh, the truth of God, make sure you don't shut your own ears off and close your own eyes. Don't, don't wield messages from the Holy Spirit as, as some, or they aren't actual messages. Don't, don't wield your desires as if they're messages from God, because that's going to be a rude wake up call on judgment day. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Yeah. Proverbs 12, 22, and then falsehood and lying come not from God, but from Satan who delights in falsehood. Like when he lies, he speaks according to his own nature for he is a liar and the father of lies. John yeah. eight forty four. Yeah. I mean, it's all over. Like you can, you can find a lot of scripture that speak exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, I think that just signifies the importance of why we shouldn't lie, why we should seek truth. Yeah. And so even in a scenario like that, if, if we're, if we have a heart of seeking out truth, and trying to glorify God, we're going to check ourselves when we feel like we hear something or, or vice versa. And so that's where it's saying we, we try to, um, like our response to truth and our response to falsehood. So how do we respond when we do hear something that is true or yeah. that is, is false? Yeah. What and is our <laughs> response? And that's kind of that last point um, that, that was talked about in the book. You know, the opposite of pride would be humility. Right. That's And yeah. it takes a lot of humility to say hey i thought something was true and it's not oh yeah but but that is exactly what god wants for you exactly he wants you to humbly say yeah god i'll I'll finally accept your truth and that's that's salvation in the here and now Hmm. last last line in the section on this in systematic theology says when we lie we dishonor god and diminish his glory for we as those created in God's image and created for the purpose of reflecting God's glory in our lives are acting in a way that is contrary to God's own character. Hmm. So we as believers should seek to 
be like him. Amen. In knowledge and in truth with all our hearts, our spirits, our minds, um, and to, glor- to glorify him. But also when we do that, uh, others see it and it demonstrates who we believe in, who we trust in, who we believe is the source of truth and brings him glory to other people. Evangelism is really easy yeah. when the truth of God is a part of your everyday life. Yeah, I want to imagine how difficult and confusing it is if we say that we're believers, but then we go about our day to day grumbling and lying yeah. and stealing and yeah, not not being faithful. Faithfulness was another kind of word that was paired with truthfulness in yeah. this section, but we're not faithful to our word. So we say we're going to do something, but we don't. Yeah, in the workplace, in our personal life, with our family. Yeah, that's that tarnishes the character that that we have, but we're also part of our character is supposed to be reflecting God. That's right. So they're like, well, why would I believe in that when you can't even hold true to it or you don't even take take it seriously? Yeah. Why should I? Yeah. That's, that's intense. Yeah. God hates sin because sin is not the truth. It's not him. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I guess to, to sum it up for the person listening, why does, why does all this matter? Why does truthfulness and God's truthfulness and knowledge and wisdom and, and all these things that we're talking about, why does it even matter? <laughs> I would just say it's every desire you have comes from why you were created and why you were created is the simple truth that you are to worship God with all that you are, all your head, your heart and hands. And anything else will disappoint you now and definitely disappoint you for eternity. Mic drop. That was great. <laughs> Appreciate thanks, that, Jeff. bro. Well, I guess that's all we have time for today. Uh, thanks to those who listened to this episode, and we hope you were encouraged and equipped in truth. Please share this with a friend or a loved one so that others can be reminded of God's truth today. And as always, thanks for listening to the Culture of Truth podcast. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Later. Later.